Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... I actually met my wife on CatholicSingles.com, if you can believe that. Really? And about Yes, I had never done that before. Didn't have any problems with dating. Natalie and Aaron met on CatholicSingles.com after they realized that they needed to find someone who shared their faith. Meet other faithful Catholics on the original Catholic dating site. Download our app today for free. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com. Dot app slash breadbox. Do you have a great idea for a podcast but not sure where to start? Neither did we until someone recommended Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit right from your phone or your computer. Then Anchor distributes your podcast for you to Apple, Spotify, and more. They even pair you with sponsors so you can make money with your podcasts with no minimum listenership. And all of it is free. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Father Connolly. Welcome to Raising Saints, Helping Kids Hear God's Voice. We're a priest and a mom who are eager to do our best to answer kids' questions about God, the church, the faith, and more. Most importantly, to help them to grow in their relationship with God and ultimately hear His voice. Hi, Father Connolly. Hi, Mrs. Sullivan. Happy Hi. Easter. You too. How are you? Good, thanks. It's still Easter. I'm still filled with the joy of the resurrection. Same. And we're filled with a lot of dessert and candy as well. Yep. <laughs> Samantha says her favorite meal of the day is lunch because immediately after lunch, I'm allowing them to have candy. She's a smart girl, that's Samantha. <laughs> okay, we're going to start with a, a prayer today. We're going to start with the Divine Mercy Chaplet. We're going to pray that as our intro prayer, and then we're going to talk about it. Yes. Right. Father and Son, Spirit, Amen. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. 
For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, that was nice. Very nice. So that is the <laughs> Chaplet of the Divine Mercy. Yeah. So and we, what's that about? I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're going to talk all about it. So what is Divine Mercy? What is, we're going to talk about what this prayer is and where it comes yeah. from. Why are we talking about it today? Yeah. So second Sunday of Easter, also Divine Mercy Sunday. Right. And so um, it seems timely that having just celebrated that, feast this past Sunday uh, that we talk about what is divine mercy. I think it's something we take for granted, right? That, well, God is merciful. But, well, God isn't just merciful. He's not filled with a lot of mercy. He is mercy. Right. He is love. He is mercy. Um, it's, it's a reality that goes far beyond what we can understand. Um, and but, for, for, just sorry, um, for our you know, kids who are listening who might not know what mercy is. Um, mercy is really God's love in our, um, in our sin and our pain. So the, the love he offers us, even though we're sinning and he provides us that forgiveness. And also the, as we're suffering, the love that he gives us, you know, he's literally with us in that pain. Is that, right. that kind of a good high level description of mercy? Yeah, yeah, uh, misericordia, right? So the, the suffering of the heart, uh, the misery of the heart. God doesn't enjoy that suffering of our heart. He joins us in it. Um, I think of, uh, I'll never get it out of my head now, right? The, the, the refrain of the year of mercy that Pope Francis um, instituted throughout the world. Misericordia sicut pater, right? Mis merciful like the Father. Um, so he joins us in the sufferings of our hearts that um, that he allows, not not because he wants us to suffer. He's not punishing us, but because of our freedom and choosing uh, sin, sin and evil entering the world, causing us pain. He's right there with us, and I think especially of the image which we're going to look at just a, in just a moment. Um, these beautiful rays coming forth from the heart of God, right? Something maybe we can reflect on uh, is the heartbeat of God. And a few thoughts that just come to mind, just 
not necessarily go into right now, but for our reflection, um, I know our our young adult group up in this area has been celebrating the year of St. John and, and mm. trying to themselves for the whole year on listening for the heartbeat of God because John, the beloved disciple, was the one who at the Last Supper reclined against the Lord's chest. And so you think, imagine that you're, you're pressed up against the very heart of God himself and that we want to have that intimacy too. We want to be able to hear God's heart beating it beats for us mm. um, it was pierced for us on the cross that's that's how you know the the soldier checked to make sure that he had passed away um, god allowed his own divine heart his sacred heart to be pierced for us but as we see in the image which we're going to look at um, it's from that divine heart that these beautiful rays come forth so Right. And there is part, I have, I will say, I have the divine mercy cheat sheet here, right? Excellent. Because we need cheat sheets too. And there is an, an opening prayer if you do the whole thing and it says, and it comes straight from her diary, it says, Oh, blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fount of mercy for us. I trust in you. So then that's where the, I trust in you part comes, which you can tell everyone yeah. about on the image. Yeah. So maybe blood and water. Right. So we see that here's the image in this beautiful. This is actually as God revealed it to St. Faustina, St. Faustina, the great saint of divine mercy. Right. St. Faustina Kowalska, um, a Polish nun who enjoyed these these mystical experiences. In other words, um, real real time conversations, uh, encounters with Jesus that he appeared to her as as you and I appear to each other right, right. now through Zoom, but uh, actually right there in her in her cell or in her room. Um, and, and actually, I've read part of the diary, not the whole thing, because it's, it's very dense, but um, he would also appear on the altar during Mass to her, too. Yeah, really just powerful stuff that he chose her. Um, as God has chosen others who, so you might think, well, What's so special about her? You know, mm -hmm. I want to see Jesus. You know, um, why does he appear to her? Well, I think also uh, one of my favorite saints, St. Bernadette, right? She was this simple, you know, seemingly unimportant little girl in France to whom uh, our Blessed Mother appeared. And, and uh, thus the, the devotion to Our Lady of Lourdes. So um, another conversation for another day. Yeah. But uh, as we hear in scripture, right, God chooses the lowly to shame the proud. Um, he chose Faustina, this young Polish girl who just was in love with him, you know, and tried to ignore his call to her, but ultimately had to follow him. And, and he appeared to her and spoke with her. And she recorded all this in her diary, as you referred to before, the diary um, of St. Faustina. Uh, being the great record then of, of divine mercy. Mm -hmm. He wrote down his words as he spoke them to her. Um, so he appeared to her and, and had her commissioned this, this image, this painting. And um, so we have this beautiful image here, the divine mercy. This is the original one. You see other yeah. variants of it, but this is the original um, 
divine mercy image. Now, we mentioned, like in that prayer, O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus is a fount of love and mercy for us. And that's represented here, right? In the red rays and the pale uh, whitish rays. Because we know that when he was on the cross and um, those, that soldier had to see, you know, is, is he really gone? And he pierced his heart. And what came out? But blood and water. And that shows us um, his promise to us of, of the sacraments of new life, right? Blood and water, Eucharist and baptism. Um, so that's so beautifully represented there in that image. Something else of note here. Um, look around him. This is not just an artistic choice, right? That, oh, well, he'll appear more brightly if he shows up on a, a black background. Um, I think the artist would have loved to maybe do a nice little landscape or something. Or, but no, he has to show this radiant uh, brilliance of his, of his image on this stark black, dark background because precisely that's what we have without him. Yeah. Without him, it's all darkness. And moreover, I heard that um, it's as if you're looking into the tabernacle. Hmm. But if you open the tabernacle, it's just darkness. But there's the host, our, our Lord in the Eucharist. Wow. Um, I never yeah. heard that before. Okay. Um, of course, on the bottom, that great prayer, Jesus, I trust in you, that um, we're encouraged to pray. One final thought here on the divine mercy image. I'm going to show you his face. Better to look at than mine anyway. <laughs> so there is our Lord uh, as he was painted by the Polish painter who's commissioned to do this divine mercy image. Now, that image has been compared with the, uh, the Shroud of Turin, right? So if you don't know the Shroud of Turin, that's the, the cloth with which our Lord's body was was wrapped after mm -hmm. his death does it and match can, it's a perfect match really using all kinds of you know computer uh, analytics and all it's a perfect match for his face as it appears in the divine mercy image and as it appears um on the the shroud which again thanks to so, all sorts of uh, technology I don't understand, but I'm certainly grateful for. We can see our Lord's holy face, um, that image that was impressed upon shroud. And you put them over each other, they're a perfect match. Wow, I, didn't, now, I did not know that. That's fascinating. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. And like you, how? You, because I wish I could say Jesus. There it is. It's so there crazy it to me because um, like a painter has their own way of painting just like handwriting is unique to everybody so you would think that saint faustina explaining to a painter what she saw there's like a disconnect there it's not like a photograph but that's because god was guiding that paintbrush wow, wow. i think he got frustrated with her the painter um was just watching the the movie that came out last year about um St. Faustina and, and Divine Mercy, you know, Love and Mercy, right? That's what it's called. Um, really well done sort of movie slash documentary. And they portrayed the painter as getting very frustrated with her. And, uh, you know, to reference St. Bernadette, again, like if you look at, I think it's in Song of Bernadette, they show her as 
they've commissioned the you know the the sculptor to make the statue of Our Lady to place in the grotto where she appeared. And, you know, Bernadette was not pleased until yeah. it was just right. Right. God is God is working there, right? He's working right. through through those instruments, Bernadette, and in this case Faustina, um, so that we might see His face. Mm -hmm. So. What a beautiful image and one which we've been encouraged and it's not too late. Right. right? Hang in our house. Hang in your house or even at this point, put on your front door. Right. And you can download a free uh, PDF on the Divine Mercy. Is it dot org? Or dot oh, yeah. Org? The National Shrine. Yeah. yeah. The, the Shrine of Divine Mercy. Uh, I could put a link up for it. Yeah. And beautiful. Uh, divine mercy image that you can put on your door that you're entrusting your home to divine mercy that uh, we've even done it here in the parish on the rectory and, and on the door of the church because um, this is a time this is certainly a time we have to trust jesus yes. like you i don't know what you're doing here but i trust in you that you have a plan right right um so do we want to explain a little bit about the prayer that we did about the chaplet? Sure. Um, I think I, I have just a thought or two, and then I'm going to pass it off to you. But um, that first prayer, right, that on the, on the large beads, so you, you, you could use a rosary. Right. The chaplet of divine mercy. And um, on the larger bead, which would be in our Father, the rosary, that first prayer, eternal Father, I mean, this is so theologically rich. This is so jam-packed with all, all sorts of beautiful truth about God, which um, we probably don't have time to get into all of it now. But probably eternal, not. God, you are my Father, and you are eternal. You have, there's never been a time you did not exist. Um, eternal Father, I offer to you. How dare I claim I can offer anything to God? What, what could I give to God? But... Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, God, you loved me so much that you sent your Son into the world to die for me. And I offer that love right back to you in and through him. Um, in fact, not to get too theological here, but Trinitarian theology itself, right? That the, the our understanding of God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is this exchange of love. And um, maybe that could be a, another episode sometime, talking about the Trinity. Um, sure. we, we had a lot of fun in our first grade class here talking about it. But, uh, <laughs> the only way we can understand it is God the Father is this perfect love that flows out, cannot be contained, and, and so it generates it. The, the, the person of the son and the father gives everything to the son the son in perfect love returns it to the father and so this is an eternal exchange it's never not happened and it will never not happen yes the love then between the father and the son this perfect gift of love that's constantly flowing uh breathes forth we'd say the, the person of the holy spirit so we're taking a a share of that mm -hmm. eternal father i offer to you this great gift of your love in the son um 
in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. Because I know I've wronged you in my sin, Father. I know that I've rejected you. And, and whether it's been some little white lie I told, or maybe I was mean to somebody, or maybe I stole, or maybe I, I did something really bad. And whatever it is, I did, did that to you. Uh, so to try to make up for that, Father, I offer you this gift of love uh, in the Son. Um, and then those those shorter prayers, right, for the sake mm-hmm. of the sorrow, have mercy on us and on the whole world. In other words, because of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, I have some hope, Lord, that, that you will forgive me right. and every other sinner. Right. So, right. And I, yeah, I love that um, it's it's not a, like a personal prayer. It's a it's a global prayer, right? It's the whole world. We're praying this for for anyone, and then God can see fit how to give His mercy out how He wants, right? But but we're just praying for like an outpouring of that on on everybody. Um, and I just you know again I have the cheat sheet here. And both that prayer comes from her diary. So those are words given to her by Jesus. It's not something she, it's not a prayer that she wrote or she made up and is propagating. Those are, this is Jesus said to write these things down and, and then pray this prayer. So, um, and one thing I, I did want to just came to my mind before when you said like, well, how come she gets this opportunity or how I, one of the things that, we need to remember is that whenever someone is given this type of a grace, it brings extreme suffering along with it. And one of the things that Faustina had to deal with was people who just did not believe her. Like they thought she was crazy. And that happened with Bernadette too. Um, There's a lot of people who just, I mean, people in her own convent that were like, no, this is not real. And she tried to propagate this. She tried to get her superiors to do this. I mean, it took a lot of work to get them to even listen to her. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't her doing. I mean, it was Jesus changing people's hearts to really embrace this. And then it was even like squashed for many, many years by the Pope because it was, they weren't sure if it was real. So, I mean, it's not as if like, oh, hey, I have these visions and this is the prayer and everything is all hunky-dory, right? So, um, but now it was, you know, John Paul II really brought this prayer out and, and gave it to the world more so. And, um, and now we have this beautiful, um, this beautiful chaplet that we can pray. So anything else that we want to talk about now? Um, yeah for you as a mom right and because i think a lot of our listeners uh god willing are, are parents and their children um how do you see mercy in action in your home and that might be especially um poignant right now appropriate right now as you're spending a lot more time together which is a beautiful thing yeah. but maybe you um have an even stronger experience of mercy at home talk about that sure um well right so we're all in close quarters and we have to give each other a lot more flexibility or leeway or i don't know grace even right we have to be a lot more uh forgiving of what of what our you know how we're behaving to each other right so um so i you know it, it 
for me as the parent, I have to realize what my expectations are. Um, and, you know, the kids, even though they're pretty happy, they're pretty happy they're not in school. They're pretty happy they're playing a lot of the time. Um, it's weird for them. And it's an unknown time for them too. So even though adults have, are dealing with all like the big stuff, the kids are, have these other things going on, like you're questioning, what is this? What does this mean? How is our life so different now? So being able to just kind of let things go a lot more has been a, you know, a big thing. Like this is not going to be like things were before. So, um, you know, we might have more temper tantrums and we might have more moments of just bad behaviors just because like there's a lot going on. So, um, I think that's the biggest thing is just being able to uh, be, be, be more forgiving of those things. And, um, but, you know, it does not come naturally, right? It's, we, we are very like self-centered, you know, look what you did to me and you upset me. Um, so there's also has to be a lot of um, discussion around stuff too. And like, how can we treat each other better and, and whatnot? And, like silly things like um like little Matthew, you know, he's a he's kind of a firecracker and he is like the boy who cried wolf. So, you know, he stubs his toe and it's like the house fell on him. You know what I mean? So like he screams and screams and it's like, do I have to go comfort this kid again? I mean, really it's like this is ridiculous, but um about me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I see a lot of that, you know, we're all learning and learning what our limits are and learning what, where we can be better and, and um, you know, offering that, that love in that time of, you know, but um, those are just my thoughts, a couple of thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it's a good lesson, certainly a good lesson, right? I mean, we all want mercy from God, but are we really willing to offer it? So it's a, it's, it, yeah. I think we could just start, leave on that. People can ponder that on their own. <laughs> yeah. So another question. Yeah. How have you heard God? <laughs> Um, hmm. Well, so since we're talking about mercy, let's see, how about, how about how I saw God, right? Because I think there are as much, as hard as it is, I, we are seeing good examples of it. So, oh, yeah. um, I, Samantha has been incredibly helpful. She's nine, almost 10. And she's been incredibly, um, kind especially to Matthew, who's the youngest and comforting him in these moments where I'm at the point where like enough is enough. Yeah. She's giving him hugs and like, Oh, it's okay. You know? And I, and I think that, that there's been an opportunity for her to grow in, in thinking about other people around her. And so that's, that's how I'm, I'm experiencing that here. Right. How that's have beautiful. you, thank you. How have you heard God? I, yeah, so I, I have this memory, um, and this is from several years ago, actually. Uh, so it's not the last week or so, but um, 
it's, it seems appropriate since we're talking about divine mercy. Uh, when I was in my second year in the seminary, I had a weekly assignment to go visit uh, the patients, the residents at Rosary Hill Home in Hawthorne, run by the Hawthorne Dominican Sisters. It's a place where terminally ill cancer patients would go and, and uh, what a just beautiful place full of God's grace and, and, and those sisters are incredible but so I would go every week and um, one of the gentlemen I'd visit with for a while his name was Gabriel and I remember that because when I told him my name was Michael we talked about how we were the archangels <laughs> uh, but I, I started to time my visit because I found that at 3 o'clock he would have EWTN on the TV to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet and that he wanted me to pray that with him. And admittedly, that's when I really first became acquainted with the Divine Mercy Chaplet. You know, I mean, I'd love to say, oh, I've prayed that ever since I was a little child, and I didn't. It's mm -hmm. just not... So... It was, you know, it was new to me then, and it was a, a really beautiful experience because I would go and, and sit with Gabriel, and we would watch on his little screen the Divine Mercy Chaplet on EWTN. Then we'd have some great conversation, and as the weeks went on, his condition, his health worsened, the conversation was less. Mm -hmm. uh, visit became while he was asleep, I would just sit with him with that on the TV and, and pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Um, and I'm moved to think of him every time I pray the chaplet now. So I, I pray for his soul. I hope he's in heaven praying for me and, and for all of us. But um, that was certainly an encounter I had with the Lord through Gabriel. That's beautiful. That's great. And he introduced you to it. So now yeah. you know about it and now you can pray for others. So. Yeah. And folks listening, um, three o'clock, right? I think still right on EWTN. Um, you can find, and it's beautifully produced and they sing it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I like it's so much nicer when it's sung. Yeah. I, I think I, I don't, I didn't really know much about it either until a few years ago, when at St. Columba, before you were there, I went to the service, and everyone sang it. It's, it's awesome. It was so powerful. Yeah. All right, so I think we'll wrap up there. We'll probably talk longer than we should have anyway. Right? So until next time, find us on Facebook. Join us for weekly, a daily rosary, because the kids and I are there for the foreseeable future. Well, that would be nice to have you guys join us there. And send us your questions. Please, yes. I'm sure you have questions. And uh, email, raisingsaintspodcast at gmail.com, or Facebook message, or anchor app, voice message, however you, can you find us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. God Bye, Father you. Connolly. Thanks for listening to Raising Saints. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and learn something about the faith, the church, and God. Most importantly, we hope you've heard God's voice as he calls out to you in love, as he calls you to a friendship with himself, as he calls you 
to be a saint. Until next time, God bless you. Teachings for an Unbelievable World is a newly discovered work written by St. John Paul II, then Archbishop Karl Wojtyla of Krakow, in the years just after Vatican II. This is the first English language publication of this important work. In this hardcover book that Scott Hahn calls one of the greatest hidden treasures unearthed in our time, 13 brief homilies provide compelling teaching for Catholics in today's post-Christian world and give fresh insights into JP2's pontificate. You can get a copy of this important new book at AveMariaPress.com. Use code JP2Teachings. That's J-P-I-I-Teachings to get 20% off your copy today. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic themed coffees available at www grimbeancoffee.com forward slash redboxmedia experience coffee like never before